0: you're listening to The Biblicist Podcast, designed to equip, challenge, and encourage believers to look at life through the lens of Scripture. If you have any questions about today's episode or have a topic you would like to hear on this podcast, please email us at thebiblicistpodcast at gmail.com. Welcome back to The Biblicist Podcast. I'm sorry that uh, I was out last week with a uh, sickness that just didn't want to go away uh, and uh, but I'm glad to be back this week um, we'll be wrapping up season two shortly uh, there could be a few more episodes depending on some things I'm trying to line up for that and some guests I'd like to have but if not then we'll just uh, we'll wrap up this season shortly and and, uh, and plan those things for season three. Uh, And so there won't be any more Biblicist uh, Biblicist Podcast questions at the end of the episode because we do have a very sure winner. Uh, If we had three or four more episodes, it still wouldn't matter. We have a winner, so I'm going to contact them shortly uh, about the shirt and the book. And if any of you as listeners are interested in the uh, Biblicist Podcast shirt, um, please. Please reach out to me and I can get that to you. Today's episode, we're, we're going to cover a lot of scripture, but I'm not going to take the time to dive into all of the references um, to that. We just, there's no way I can do an, an episode like this and hit all that. Um, and so if you'd like the notes for this episode, I'd be more than happy to email you my notes with all the references in it, uh, because like I've said a hundred times, the Biblicist Podcast. It's not about my opinion. Uh, it's we want to dive into Scripture and expound on that. Um, and so, I want you guys to check up on me. If if you hear something that doesn't sound right, um, then um, please uh, question me on that. Um, so, let's dive right in. Uh, a question, kind of as old as as time, is if God is good and all powerful, then why do bad things happen to good people it's a very interesting question in it, it, it's somewhat of a straw man theological question because um, it has some problems the question has some problems because it, it makes it makes some assumptions um, and I'd like to try and solve some of those uh, uh, things in today's episode Um. Because probably a better question and a more accurate question would be, if there's an all-powerful, all-knowing, and just God, why does he allow good things to happen to any of us? Because according to the Bible, what we deserve is his judgment and wrath, because we're sinners. Because what happens is we, and I'm going to say we often through this podcast, and when I say we, I I mean the human race. We think too highly of ourselves, and that's where these type of questions originate. We, we think that we deserve God's goodness and love. It's this false image of God, that God's just there to make you happy and feel good about yourself, and, um, and that's not the God of the Bible. You see, we think our purpose is to be happy and to have no problems. Someone once said, Some people complain because God puts thorns on roses, while others praise God for putting roses among thorns. As we'll see in a moment, God's not responsible for the thorns and has no obligation to remove them. So let's go ahead and wind back to the beginning of human history and begin to place things in proper perspective. God made all things good, Genesis chapter one, and God made us in his image, giving us spiritual value and the ability to make choices. And God said, here you go. This world is good and perfect. No problems, all joy and happiness. Just just don't do this one thing. If you eat that, things will not be perfect anymore and there'll be problems. So, So we thought from the beginning that we knew better than God and did the one and only thing he asked us not to do. He showed us and gave us love, care, happiness, companionship, and protection and gave us a way to show our love for him by giving us choice. Because love is non-existent without choice. And, And we're all given all things freely at his hand to enjoy. And he was worthy of all glory and praise. And then we looked at him and spat in the face of God. We thought things would be better if we were like God. We are under the curse of sin. Not by some cosmic accident. But by our own choosing. He told them of the future redemption plan that would save them from the curse of sin. What what did we the human race decide to do? <laughs> did we trust God and be patient? No. No. We we chose to murder, to steal, to rape and to corrupt things that were designed for good and now being used in a vile and evil way. And until eventually one man was looking for redemption and trusting God. His name was Noah. So things are starting to look up. Oh man, there's, there's this righteous man and his family. So this world that was made perfect and good was now under a curse, was completely destroyed by a worldwide flood, except Noah and his family. Now, now we thank God for not killing an Adam and Eve, right? And letting us enjoy the good things in life. Then we abused it and spat in God's face again. Uh, the floodwaters came in his righteous judgment upon our evil and vile ancestors. Then, in God's love and mercy, said he wouldn't destroy the world with a flood ever again. And that's kind of a good thing for us. Because like, right after he made the promise, like soon after that, Noah acted really foolish and stuttered one of his sons. And throughout the entire Bible, God gives people choices. He gives them patience and, and reaches out in love. And through the entire course of the Bible, he is spat upon and rejected even by his own chosen people. You see, because God showed grace and mercy to Abraham, and Abraham believed God. Then he and his wife got impatient, tried doing it their own way, committed adultery, and by doing so, spat in the face of God. They thought they knew better than God. Like, hey, we have a plan, uh, you know, waiting. with This is God's plan. And they even called it God's plan. <laughs> and it wasn't. And yet God showed them grace and mercy and blessed them with children anyway. He still fulfilled his part of the deal. And see, God showed mercy and grace to the children of Israel and rescued them from Egypt. And they praised and thanked God for the rescue. And then questioned and complained every time things didn't go the way they planned. They continued to spit in the face of God and many faced his righteousness judgment they even had the nerve being so impatient and choosing not to wait on god made a false god out of gold and began to dance and bow down before it they spat in god's face thinking that a false image of god would be better and today even today we see the human race forgetfulness and impatience around the world today with many false gods because either the sons of noah did not tell their children about god's goodness or their offspring soon forgot From creation to his chosen people, he was spat on and disrespected, and every act of judgment was just and righteous. But through all of that, he kept his promise from the beginning and sent the Messiah. He sent himself to be the sacrifice for our sins. We deserved nothing but condemnation and eternal judgment, but God in his mercy came in the flesh, lived a sinless life and went to the cross to be our substitute. So here we see amidst the justice, amidst what we deserve as sinners, God is still working out his master plan. Now, surely, right? That the early followers of Christ were devoted and perfect, Right. Knowing that his death was near, here's what happened. He asked some of his disciples to wait and pray with him. They fell asleep. And we all like to make fun of or give Judas, you know, throw him under the bus because you remember he's the the guy that, you know, betrayed Jesus. Except after Jesus got arrested and things weren't going very well as it appeared to them, they ran away. All of them did. And, and, and Peter cursed and said he didn't even know who Jesus was. Yet Jesus still went to the cross and died for the sins of mankind. These sins were not his fault, but he placed them all upon himself. He never did any wrong and he owed us nothing. Our own choices got us to this point, but he took the entire wrath and judgment we deserve. Do we realize how great a sacrifice of love this is? All the wrath that is due to us sinners and placed on him? When Jesus was buried in the grave, the disciples thought it was all over. They had no faith. They all wondered if they had been following the right guy. The Messiah is supposed to bring a new kingdom. He's, supposed to, he's not supposed to die. His followers figuratively spat on him by running away and doubting and, and Peter cursing him his skeptics literally spat on him by believing he was a big joke and, and but then here's what happened next jesus proved he was god by raising himself up from the dead and then he went back to heaven to prepare eternal home and said he was coming back to bring us home he left us with two great commandments in the great commission love god love your neighbor tell the world the good news the gospel of jesus christ then he gave us the Holy Spirit and began to redeem people to himself. And people were getting saved by the thousands. And then some Christians thought it was a good idea to lie to the Holy Spirit. Then some Christians thought it was a good idea to complicate the gospel by adding works to it. Then some Christians thought it was a good idea to argue that, about non-doctrinal differences instead of proclaiming the gospel. You see, from all creation to his chosen people, to the church. We've continued to be arrogant, sinful, and place ourselves, our ideas, our thoughts, our philosophies above God. But despite all of this, God has given us grace, love, mercy, and has continued to add to his church. We are sinners, and God. Is merciful. Isaiah sixty four six says this, but we are all as an unclean thing, and are all our all our righteousness are as filthy rags, and we all do fade as a leaf, and our iniquities like the wind have taken us away. And Jeremiah 17.9 says the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. And Psalm one five says behold I was shapen in iniquity and sin did my mother conceive me. Ecclesiastes 7.20 for there is not a just man upon the earth that doeth good and sinneth not. And yet God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Now maybe you're listening to this episode. And, and, you, and you understand that God doesn't owe us anything. That, that, that's what this whole thing of, of grace is about. But how does God decide? Maybe you're thinking, how does God decide when to show mercy and when to show judgment? When to intercede in a bad situation and when to allow evil? And on a human level, On a personal level, I have no idea. I I could give you a theological lofty answer, but the reality is we as humans don't know. We don't know the answer of of how and when and why. But someone said this, if God were small enough to be understood, he would not be big enough to be worshipped. And someone else said this, if God would concede me his omnipotence for 24 hours, you would see how many changes I'd make in the world. But if he gave me his wisdom too, I'd leave, I'd leave things as they are. So here's what we all have in common, the human race. We all have spiritual value because God breathed life into the human race. And we also are all under the curse of sin, having spat in the face of God, deserving his just wrath and eternal damnation and even as bad as we are he has reached out in love and given us a choice. Jesus wants to be our substitute. He he just wants you to repent of your sinful and evil state and trust in him alone. He promises to forgive your sin, give you purpose and that you will inherit eternal life. Uh, you see, our purpose isn't just to be to be happy. Happiness is superficial and comes and goes like the wind, but our purpose is to love and glorify God. And when we surrender to that purpose, We will find something greater than temporal happiness. We'll find joy. And maybe you're a skeptic listening. And you're saying, well, this is just an American thing. You know, if you were born somewhere else, you'd believe something different. You're just arrogant enough and foolish enough to believe that this is the right one. Well, let me ask you this. Are there places in the world that don't have clean drinking water? Well, if you're honest, you're going to answer yes. Does that prove that there is no clean drinking water in the world? Of course not. It just proves that certain places don't have clean drinking water. Jesus is the living water. And we are proclaiming his name today because he is the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father but by him. The Bible is the most preserved book in the history of the world. It's, it's a proven work of history. It's not fiction. And the evidence for, for a resurrected Savior is overwhelming, making it, it a religion and a belief to stand alone. And the only belief system that has nothing to do with us earning God's approval, but solely having to do with surrendering our sorry, sinful soul to the only one who can redeem it. Today you choose. If God's speaking to you, you choose to either spit in his face or to give in to his overwhelming love for you. No matter what you choose, I still love you. I still respect you. But just remember, you can choose your way, but you cannot choose the outcome of that way. Thanks for tuning in today as we talked about the state of man we're sinners and the love of God that keeps on giving. Read the Bible, live the Bible. Have a blessed day.